following podcast is a Honey Media production. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Motherhood Interrupted. I'm your host, Kimberly Lovey. I'm here with you guys again today and could not be more excited. And today I want to talk to you guys about what to do when you're feeling really down or stuck, depressed, defeated, or maybe just anxious, not confident, just kind of the feelings that um, might be sitting deep inside you and you might just be kind of grappling with them. So I will talk to you about that shortly. But first, I want to talk to you about some fun stuff. Okay, two things we need to talk about. Number one, my 40th birthday. It's less than six months away and I've been trying to plan a trip for like, I don't know, not long enough, but I've been like thinking about the trip that I want to take. And I have to tell you guys, I'm struggling on figuring out where we want to go. And I want it to be like a friend group trip because I have some awesome friends and I want us to all go and I want it to be like awesome. But so, okay, so here's the thing. I want it to be tropical and like somewhere you can scuba dive and jet ski and snorkel and party and like not have it be too serene or too, I don't know, like, like organic or whatever. I really want it to be like, you know, 40th birthday. Hell yeah. Let's live it up. And like, also I want to show off like my mom glow up, you know? And so I, and I want all my friends to do the same get a good spray tan, all the things you guys understand. So here's the issue. Cabo is like two hours away from us. And I actually have only been there once a long time ago, but I kind of feel like it's very beat. And a lot of my friends that go there all the time, multiple times a year, they're like, oh, don't go to Cabo in July. Like I can already feel them just like, absolutely not. It's way too humid. So that kind of rules that out because I feel like Cabo is the easy, kind of the low hanging fruit because it's close. It's not super expensive. And it ha- it checks all the boxes. Now, I will say last year, a bunch of my friends turned 40 and I saw like 17 Cabo trips. And I just, yeah, I just was like, okay, maybe it's like basic now to go to Cabo for your 40th because I feel like literally everyone I know already did it. Okay, so that's Cabo. So then I was thinking of maybe Aspen in the summer. Well, the thing is, is that Aspen is supposed to be amazing during the summer. Most of my friends haven't had that trip or if they have, they absolutely love it. And I get it. It's just, it feels very like nature and very like, let's go hiking, you know? And like, I fucking hate hiking. And by the way, I used to be like an avid avid hiker. And all of a sudden, maybe like 10 years ago, I realized like I was on a hike in like Topanga or something or not Topanga. I was like in, I forget the hike. It was somewhere like in the city. It was not Runyon. It was some other one. But anyway, I remember I was like on this hike and I'm like, going up and up and up. And I just thought, you know, every step I take is uphill. And I just, I just actually don't enjoy this. (laughs) And I just like randomly had this epiphany that I think that I liked hiking because like my parents like it, my sister likes it. And so like, I somehow thought I loved hiking. And then I realized I fucking hate hiking and I never went hiking again. And I stand by that, by the way. Um, I don't like nature. Okay, I like nature, but like in a very like, okay, I saw it, I did it for a little bit, and then I'm like, where's my five-star hotel and all the things, right? So 
Anyway, so Aspen's feeling a little bit like bougie nature, but like, and I think that's cool, but I feel like maybe like my 45th birthday for that or, or, you know, I don't know, Brian's 45th or I don't know, like another, another trip. I'm just not like jazzed about it. I'm not feeling like there's a hot girl summer behind it. I'm not feeling like there's any jet skiing happening. I feel like a spray tan is just not appropriate. I don't know. Okay. So then I started looking into like Amanyara in the Turks and in Turks and Caicos. And I start looking it up. By the way, I've been getting up at 4.30 in the morning. So it's now like 5.15 a.m. And I'm stalking all these different random places, trying to figure out how you even get there and how much they are and all the things. And like, apparently it's hurricane season down there, but there's rarely hurricanes at, you know, in July. So I'm like, okay, this is promising. And I look up, the resort looks beautiful. I look up what it would be, how much it would cost for like a six bedroom villa. And because I'm thinking, okay, that would be like 12 friends. That'd be sick. Guess how much it was? Guess. 28, almost $29,000 before taxes, which basically puts you after all of the taxes and everything. It basically puts you, hold on, let me turn off my notifications. One second. Sorry, do not disturb. Um, so anyway, so that basically puts you at over $30,000 a night. And even if you divide it by 12 people, that's still way too much money. Plus you have your flights, you have your food and drinks, all the things. So that was Turks and Caicos idea. And then Abby said they actually went to Amanyara once. I guess the individual rooms are more like $4,000. What a steal, right? And she said like the service was not even that great. Like she was in the pool with her kids and she said they needed towels and she couldn't get out of the pool because they didn't have any towels anywhere. And so I guess Sam had to like run and find towels, but like they waited over an hour. She's like, even at a, you know, I forget what example she said, like a some basic Marriott, like you would be able to get towels very easily. So she was just, she said the food wasn't very good there. So, okay. So now I've crossed that location out. So then I was thinking maybe Bahamas, but then again, is it like the wrong season? Is it too hot? It's not really easy to get there in terms of flights for us coming from Southern California. So long story short, I don't have an answer yet. I will say that at 5.30, the clock struck 5.30 this morning after I'd been up for an hour. And I realized, I was thinking in my head, okay, I have to start to get ready now for our workout because we have to leave at 5.45. And then I'm like, oh my God, we have to leave at 5.30. Our workout starts at 5.45. And so I'm the one that makes us work out at 545, which means we have to leave at 530 in the morning because it gets to be way too late in terms of the mom rush hour if I get home. at. So if we worked out from six to seven, I wouldn't get home till 715. Well, my kids have to be ready for school and basically moving out the door by that time in order to get to school on time. So I was like sprinting. I text Abby. I'm like, give me five minutes. Was not ready. Hadn't brushed my teeth. Nothing sprint upstairs quickly changed and throw on my clothes and within six minutes I was back outside and Abby was like waiting in her garage and anyway so that was like my morning this morning um but that does kind of link to what we're going to talk about which I'm waking up at 4 30 in the morning I think not just because I'm a psycho but also because I think there's a lot of stress and anxiety going on and I was you know in my state of thinking and was like I need to talk to my friends, which is basically you guys, and wanted to just like address some of those feelings because I feel like they're so like deep 
and um, under the radar that I was like, we need to like talk this out. Okay, so before I dive into that, one more thing, okay? Potty training. We've been potty training London. I Keep in mind, I did not potty train the first two because Becky was here and I was traveling. So she potty trained them both just before they turned two. So London's turning two on February 27th. And so I'm like, oh my God, I need to do this. So you need like a long weekend to do it. And so that's what we've been doing is like potty training and it has just been a disaster. Like supposedly in three days you you can do it. No. Homegirl today, she literally pooped all over the floor. This is the second time she's done it. Pooped everywhere. I'm talking, it's all over her butt. It's down her legs. She's stepping on it. So it's all in between, all over her feet. It's all over the floor in the bathroom. Thankfully, we're going to be ripping out this bathroom. And so I wasn't like that upset, but I was totally disgusted. I needed to get like a whole laundry basket full of rags and wipes and things to throw out and clean. And it was just traumatic. Then you have to like throw it, throw her in the bath. Keep in mind, it's um, at this time, it is exactly 8 a.m. Our car wash guy is there. He's waiting and I'm naked because I just came out of the shower myself. So I'm naked. I'm trying to like clean up and like I have every time she moves, she's getting poop in more places and I can't just pick her up because I'm naked and I'm clean and I have to run downstairs to get the car wash guys my car out of our garage so that they can start. And it was just literally that's how it's going. Okay. Totally just a disaster. And the way we do it, just so you guys know, is Becky has us get these underwear that are their underwear, but they're like thicker. And she says to wear the underwear, have them wear underwear as opposed to pull-ups because when they wet themselves they should feel the uncom the discomfort of it and not like it and you don't change them out of the wet underwear right away she said like let them feel that it's uncomfortable so that they don't want to keep doing it whereas pull-ups they can't like f have that experience and then basically sit down with them like every 20 minutes for 20 minutes and like bring books bring toys and for us, we actually brought in the iPad and turned off TV. We let her watch Moana or Frozen or Miss Rachel or Blippi or whatever. And, um, and then, of course, if she goes pee, then you give her a treat, you know, every time. And we have a little, like, toilet seat that she can climb, climb up and, like, one that's stable so that when she climbs up, it's not moving. And so she doesn't, like, freak out. So we actually got a new toilet seat, like, baby toilet seat that has little steps so that she's secure and so she can, like, cl climb up. So we've had – she has gone a couple times in the toilet. But, like, for every one time she's gone in the toilet, there's been ten times she hasn't. And you need a lot of these underwear and you have to do a lot of laundry to, like – make sure you have enough for the next time that she goes. So anyway, it's just not enjoyable. That's what I can tell you. Thankfully, we have Casey here who has been helping and, you know, has been able to kind of just jump in and assist a little bit, but it's just, it's not fun. Potty training is painful. Um, she is young for sure. And I know that it's like, well, maybe she's not ready, but here's the thing. She's very willful. And so was Charlotte. And I will say, I feel like because she's at the stage where she's willful, but still a little bit flexible, I, I actually feel like waiting for her in particular is going to be even worse. Because I can't even imagine if she's like four years old and she's screaming at me, like she would totally like hold me hostage, I feel like. And 
I just feel like it would be so much harder, even though it's frustrating now. Um, she does already understand, like even the first day she grabbed the toilet paper, ripped it off and said wipe and she started to wipe her, herself. So she definitely understands what's going on and she gets it. It's just a matter of her, I think, just getting comfortable more than anything with something that's, you know, it's new, it's different, it's out of their norm. It's, you know, kind of feels like they're losing control in some way. And anyway, so that's how that's going. I'll give you guys an update on our next chat, chitty chat. Um, okay. So that's kind of that. So I want to talk to you about just like the underbelly of society. You know, as we know, we live in the Instagram world and everyone's just so freaking fabulous. And, um, I just think that it's important to address real feelings. And I know that whether you're a mom, whether you're single, working, stay at home, like everyone has a different setup and every single one of us has some version of stress anxiety, and sometimes even bouts of depression that come with it. And I think that just having some practical ways to kind of really work through feelings when you're feeling down is important. And so I kind of outlined four or five steps that I think are very like are very realistic and very practical and they're things that you can actually do and apply at, if you're sitting there struggling or if you have a friend that's struggling, a sister, somebody that's just like in a funk or having a hard time. Like we all go through different bouts of like, you know, ebbs and flows and stuff like that. So I'm going to go through one by one and I have, it looks like it's four. I actually, oh no, five of them. I spent quite a bit of time on this yesterday because I just like needed to get this off my chest. So even if this helps just one of you, I feel like it's worth putting out there into the world. So thank you. Um, okay. So the first one is the hardest one. And this one is sitting with your feelings. So I'm saying this because I think sometimes we want to band-aid or rip off. Like it's uncomfortable to be in a bad state. And if you're anything like me, it's, you know, hard to kind of just sit with your feelings. And I think this one is really important because it does take time for you to kind of collect yourself and digest. Like if something happened. And I think the go-to for a lot of people is suppressing your emotions because it's like a survival mechanism. And I know for sure that suppressing or ignoring your emotions is just not healthy, period. It's not healthy for your body. They say that you, you know, develop illnesses when you suppress your emotions and, you know, it manifests in other ways. And I just, I think suppressing your emotions is something that's the easy fix, whether it's drinking or, I don't know, uh, doing drugs, drinking, um, overdoing you know, anything to kind of just dissolve the feelings and like rip off the mandate and make it just feel so much better. And like, I just think that's the easy way out. And I think we have to like get really comfortable with sitting in the discomfort. And I think it's one thing to stay positive. So you could also be like me where it's like, you're trying to be positive all the time, you know, and it's like, that's, that's great. It's great to always try and be positive, but this really shouldn't be the replacement of something that's really deep inside of you that needs to be addressed head on. So the first thing is just not fixing, not suppressing, and just truly sitting with your feelings and like feeling them being sober through that process. Um, and 
whether it's just yourself or um yeah, I would just say never mind. I'm going to I'm going to move on to the next one. Okay, the second one is before you get too too down or too anxious, you do need to start coping with the source of your pain. So, sometimes it's more of like a clear set of circumstances. For example, a death occurs or a job loss, a breakup, and then other times, other times the true source of your pain can be a lot more layered and dynamic and not quite as clear. And sometimes we just, we don't even have that full clarity as to why we're feeling bad and we don't really take the full time to unpack it. So I think if you're struggling, you really do need to take the time to figure out the true root cause. And in that set of circumstances, if it's not crystal clear, you might benefit from either regular meditation. So when I say that, I don't necessarily mean like some Zen sound bath kind of way. Like, by the way, if that works for you, great. I just, I don't know. That's not really me. But what I mean is really taking quiet time for yourself. So drowning out noise around you and all the chaos of your everyday life and really spending time to get clear on like, what is the root cause of my underlying stress, anxiety, pain? And like, sometimes it's not what you think it's going to be. So you might think like, oh, I'm really upset at my husband because he's not helping with the kids. But then you're like, well, he is kind of, he actually is helping. I'm just, I'm, I'm upset about, that's not actually it. I'm just like looking to kind of like, you know, pinpoint something that's annoying me, but that's not really what's like upsetting me right now. It's not like he's cheated on me. And you might come to find out that like, you have a toxic friend or your boss is upsetting you or you're not happy about your schedule or you don't like where you live or there might just there might be layered or maybe somebody said something to you that actually puts you really in like a bad place and you you know you just sort of are glossing over it but that is the actual underlying root cause of like what's throwing you off you know like there's so many different things that come up and so i think just really spending that quiet time with yourself to like, just be honest, like what is truly like, ask yourself, like what's bothering you? And, you know, some people benefit from journaling. I don't, I'm not much of a journaler per se. I'm always like, oh my God, someone's going to read this, but that might be a way for you to kind of unpack your feelings. For me, I think sometimes like going on a run where my blood flow is better, it just stimulates more brain activity and I get a lot of clarity and like creative thinking going on. So that's another way you can get into like a meditative state. Um, driving in your car and just having pure silence and not having like the radio or podcast or anything on. Um, there's just a lot of different ways that you can carve out time to really sit with yourself and really unpack your feelings. And if you struggle with this at all, I would say you might be a really good candidate for therapy because obviously therapy is a great outlet as well. That's safe. It's, you know, expensive, but it's definitely an investment. And I think, um, you know, having any kind of outlet to really just, figure out the root cause, not even solutioning it, but just really pinpointing what's truly bothering you is important. Um, I would say um, another thing you could do also is as you're kind of going through this exercise, you might actually start crying. Um, 
you might benefit from even having a notepad, sorry, not a notepad, um, your voice notes on your phone so you can get clarity and like express what you need to and like say it. Because sometimes if it strikes you, you can get it out easier that way. Um, you could also use the notes in your phone. So again, if you're like on the go or somewhere random, you can do that. But I would just say like, let yourself feel the feelings. Like a lot of times when you're grappling with your emotions, whether you're alone or with somebody else, like tears come, like the emotions, like if you're digging deep enough, there's real pain and letting those emotions come out is so cathartic. It's so helpful. It's so healthy. And, you know, just don't suppress those thoughts. Don't, um, yeah, don't bottle it up, you know, let them flow out of, out of you and, you know, really reach for that, um, that process. It's part of your healing. So that's, that's sort of that. And then number three is if you can't find clarity and you're really still struggling and you've pretty much exhausted all of your own efforts on your own, I would say you definitely need to get into some kind of therapy or you need to find somebody that can truly help you. Like and someone that you can fully trust 100% and someone that doesn't shame you or someone that doesn't judge you, that won't repeat anything. But you really do need to reach for help because I think this is where depression can really set in. And if you're quietly struggling like this, like it's important that your mental health is intact, especially if you're a parent and you have children that are depending on you. Chances are your mood is really impacting your entire home. And I just think it's super important that you get your feelings validated and get them out of your body and like share them. Okay, so once you've gotten to the root cause and really digested it, you need to start making decisions about how you choose to react. So this is something that I found to be so powerful. Like when I've been in really high stakes situations that are really stressful and something completely out of my control, whether it's like a family health issue or something at work or just there's so many things, but if there's some like true, truly big issue out there that is well beyond what I can control, I always go back to reminding myself when I'm in those hardest, darkest moments that I may choose how I react. And that is one of the most powerful keys in all of this. And I just feel like we have to be aware that in life, there's so much we cannot control, but you can always, always choose how you react to something. And this part really does take a lot of mental toughness. I think it takes fighting, like a fighting mentality to choose to to choose your thoughts so carefully in the times of darkness or anxiety or when you're scared. And one thing I do is I think of how I can remove the source of the pain. And if I think of how can I remove the source of the pain, like maybe it's just limiting certain interactions, whatever you can do in your control of limiting the source of the pain, that is so, so important. Um, maybe it's creating distance from somebody that's toxic whatever you personally can take control of and really limit your exposure to that source of pain, that's huge. The second thing is 
really flooding yourself with positivity. When you're that down, you need to start replacing all the negative thoughts and all of the painful, anxiety-inducing thoughts that you carry with you day in and day out. You need to replace that with overwhelming positivity. So for example, the other day I was running and I found this amazing podcast and it was an interview with Kobe Bryant. And I hadn't really like studied him much. I mean, I know he's one of the greatest leaders. He's, you know, iconic. He's all the things. But I really hadn't spent much time listening to him. And so I just haphazardly or like randomly found this interview and I was listening to it. And it was just so inspiring and so important. And it made me feel like I want to read more of that. So I'm going to go get his book now. And just really seeking out sources of positivity. So adding people in your life, if you can, that will flood you with positivity. But more importantly, flooding your brain with positivity. So, so important. Um, Anything that's positive like that, it will make you feel completely different. It will make you feel so good. Um, You know, thinking of ways to introduce that back into your life or to reach for those just daily feelings like go call a friend and go exercise together. Go get yourself a massage, like pour deeply into yourself. And when you start doing that, you're simply building good momentum. And you can also just get yourself out of the funk by making a list of things that you have to get done and then check off those items. And it can be things like so, so easy and so small. And so, for example, like You have to go get your car serviced or you have to get your kids Valentine's Day gifts. Like all of those little random things, tasks that are like weighing you down that you know you have to get done and you really don't want to, put them down on your to-do list and check them off. And in doing that, you're actually releasing dopamine. So you actually are getting a dopamine hit every time you check something off of your to-do list. So it doesn't matter how big or how small. Get the new scrunch socks, for example. I mean, it could really be something incredibly simple. Go, you know, fold your laundry. It could be literally any task because if you're really down, chances are you're, you have a lot of stuck energy and you're not being as productive. And it's like all of those other tasks, paying a bill, whatever it is, can really easily just like almost like pile on top of you and like build this like negative feeling of like helplessness and stuck energy and like you're drowning and just simply pulling together that list. Just sit down for two minutes and like rattle off everything you can think of. The other day it was like, I have to have my chandelier cleaned in my house. I mean, I have to call the guy. Just stupid, random little tasks, but they're things that have to get done that I've been meaning to do for quite some time. And so doing that, it's going to really kind of get you into a different flow state. And it's really a prime opportunity when you're in these situations These are prime opportunities for you to start manifesting your new chapter. So envisioning a new chapter where the pain and stress you're experiencing is behind you. And you really need to see it. You need to feel it. You need to just experience it where possible. And this is so important because it gives you hope and it brings calm and it brings you strength. 
And oftentimes we release ourselves from the anguish we're suffering from when we embrace change and embrace the art of the possible because we're releasing limiting beliefs, we're releasing fear, and we start to experience real growth in really trying times. And this is how we begin to develop self-confidence as well. So another thing you can do is come up with three truths about yourself that nobody can take from you. So if you're really struggling with your confidence, you can think, okay, let's just say you're having a hard time at work and you're really struggling and you think of three things that are absolutely true, factually true. So for example, think of nobody can take my education from me. Nobody can take away my experience, my true work experience, where I have years and years of hard work and true experience that makes me the capable employee that I am or leader that I am at work. No one can take those things from me. And no one can take away hard work from me. I'm always willing to put in the hard work to get something done. And so no matter how negative a situation is around you, you remind yourself that at the end of the day, you are fine because you are educated, you are experienced, and you are hardworking. And with that, you know you will always be okay. You will always have another job opportunity. You will always have another door that opens if one closes. And I think just really reminding yourself of three facts that are absolutely true, that are positive about yourself. And like, this is not just like self-helpy fluffy. This is like actual, you know, just black and white things about yourself. And I think just really leaning into that power, it helps you take back your power when you go through an exercise like that. Okay. Now, number five, I would say giving away something that does not involve yourself is really the key to number five. It's you've kind of gone through the first one through four steps, but you also need to give to others. So whether that is to show up for a charity event or um, some kind of something where you are giving, giving outside of yourself is so important because it reminds you that there is so much more outside of yourself. When you're sitting in this kind of pain, it's a very selfish experience. It's very self-centered and it's very draining. When you are giving something away, it could be something creatively. Um, It could just be a simple helping hand. Like if you're, you know, your neighbor went through a surgery and you make them a soup or, you know, you drop off a card. It can be thanking teachers. It can be volunteering at your kid's school. It can be anything that you do, but find find something that's positive and produ- productive that you can do. And it can just be like a one-time thing. It doesn't need to be this massive commitment. And you offer to do something different that you don't normally do that is outside of yourself. And it really helps you stay grounded. And it reminds you that you have the power, that you have the power to make a positive impact to those around you and to the world. And I think that is something we always need to remind ourselves with and of. We need to remind ourselves of that. Um, And I think just, you know, donating your time, your money, your resources, your love, whatever it is that you can give away is going to make you feel so much more well-adjusted, confident, happy, fulfilled, and it's definitely worth doing. So 
those are kind of my five tips. I hope that some of this resonates. If it does and if you like it, can you please rate us five stars on all the platforms out there, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, send me a note on Instagram at Kimberly Lovey. I would love to hear what parts you really liked or what resonated with you or if you have any other tips. Um, I know there's a lot of like, there's a lot out there on this, but I just thought it was important to address kind of head on if anybody's not feeling their best at the beginning of the year or they've had a rocky start to the year and they're like getting down about it. I just want to address that with you and give you some support. The other thing I have to share is the podcast is going places and we're doing a lot, a lot of big changes behind the scenes. I, I'm not going to share any of them yet because we're still figuring them out, but I'm just letting you know we're not just hanging out doing the basics. We're doing a lot more with it and I'm getting really, really excited to lean into it even more and share more and more and more with you guys. So I just want to say thank you again for listening and thank you for all your support. If there's an episode that you think other people can benefit from, can you please just copy the link and share the episode over text with your friends on your social media, however you share your content, let other people benefit from it. And I really, really appreciate you guys. So I hope this was helpful to you and I love you guys. And thanks again for listening. All right. That is it for today. Now, as you know, some of our best conversations actually happen after the show. So I want you to find me on Instagram at Kimberly Lovey and let me know your thoughts about today's show. You can screenshot this episode and let us know what your biggest takeaway was and tag me at Kimberly Lovey and we can share it on our stories. I will see you again. Same time, same place next week.